You might begin by debating the premise of this podcast topic, an amazing board. I know folks who have run screaming from board service, vowing never to join another one. They'll tell you that they felt undervalued or that the ED didn't really want to know what they thought. They'll talk about poorly run board meetings, agenda items that didn't seem to align with the priorities, and a disproportionate emphasis on fundraising. I don't need to continue, do I? I also know, on the other side, folks who are highly capable, passionate, and determined executive directors who are fired or just couldn't take it anymore. An unprofessional board, unclear about its role, a micromanaging board that undermines decisions. So I had a conversation with a CEO not long ago who moved on due in large part because of a board gone wrong. She said to me, I wonder if it's time to revisit the model. Maybe the days of an all-volunteer board should be reconsidered. And then she said what many might think to be quite heretical. She said, maybe the only way they'd step up is if we paid them like corporate board members. Hmm, well, I don't know about that. That kind of feels wrong on a lot of levels. And yet the idea of some kind of external pressure to introduce greater accountability, it's pretty easy to see the appeal. But I was thinking maybe we should try another approach. We all know that there are an insufficient number of models of amazing boards. And it's pretty hard to model what you don't see. And so today, I'm going to do my fair share. I'm going to describe for you what I think an amazing board looks like. Maybe you can spread the picture around, talk about it amongst yourselves. And maybe boards can use it to assess where they're getting it right and areas of focus if they want to be the strong partner their organization desperately needs them to be. Shall we give it a go? Greetings, and welcome to my podcast, Nonprofits Are Messy. I'm your host, Joan Gary. In my work, I offer counsel and advice to CEOs and boards of larger nonprofits. I'm a keynote speaker, an author of a best-selling book with a very novel name, Joan Gary's Guide to Nonprofit Leadership, and I'm a columnist for the Chronicle of Philanthropy. I'm also the co-founder of the Nonprofit Leadership Lab, an online membership site where we help small nonprofits thrive. But most of all, I consider myself a compassionate truth teller and a champion for board and staff leaders. In my podcast, I dig deep into the issues faced by nonprofit leaders. You can always count on getting my personal point of view, and you can count on experts who will share their expertise in fields ranging from fundraising to leadership transitions, to team building, to board management, to organizational strategy, to self-care. The list goes on. So welcome to Nonprofits Are Messy. Let's get started. Okay, there's not a moment to waste. Too many boards out there are not amazing. We got to draw this picture. We got to draw it fast. And so here goes. The 20 characteristics of an amazing board. An amazing board knows what the ideal composition should be and has designed itself with that intention. All right, you can count on me to get to the heart of the matter. So you got to start at the beginning. Most boards are designed poorly. Actually, most boards are not designed at all. Our recruitment strategies are not strategic because you can't be strategic if you act from a place of desperation. Or if you play the, the game most boards play that's called butts and seats, where the object of the game is to make sure that living beings who have some connection to your cause agree to assemble at your conference table. 
score bonus points if the person is affluent. What's the most common refrain in the nonprofit space that I hear? Help me. I can't find board members. Board members are out there and they actually aren't hiding, waiting to be found. Design your board. Identify the skills the organization needs or can't afford, the attributes the group demands, and begin a strategic casting effort. All right, here's number two. An amazing board treats board members as if they have been hired. Simply put, give people goals, tell them what success looks like, and evaluate their performance. That's not very hard, is it? Well, it turns out in the world of the nonprofit, it is, but it shouldn't be. When I joined a board, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to contribute. So too do board members who join your board, assuming they've joined for the right reasons. Folks who join boards are accustomed to being successful. They tend to be high performers. So what do we do with high performers? We need to tell them what high performance looks like. Does your board have goals each year? Many don't. And if they do, it's a fundraising target. Can I recommend that every committee meet and set 12-month goals? That's a good place to start. What will success look like as a result of our work this year? A committee with clear goals and a place on the board meeting agenda to report on progress against those clear goals? Now, that's a committee I might actually show up for. So what do I mean by goals? I'd like to offer you some examples. Nominations. Our goal is to add five new board members this year, but seats should be prioritized for a human resources and digital marketing professional. Here's another goal. Develop and execute a strategy to diversify prospecting efforts. Or fundraising. It's not just about the number. How about this? Institute fundraising storytelling training at every board meeting so that board members have a story to tell that they can share when they are out being ambassadors for our organization. Or how about this one? Design and execute a board stewardship program where each board member has a few people they contact throughout the course of the year just to touch base and tell them about the investment that they have made in the organization and how it has paid off. Here's one, executive committee. I don't think I know any executive committees that have much in the way of goals. How about this one? Work with the chair and executive director to assess and redesign board meetings. Hmm. Finance. Now, <clears throat> most finance uh, committees think their job is to just take a quick look at the monthly uh, financial statements that are produced. But what if we gave the finance committee the assignment of gathering some data from the staff and analyzing the revenue diversity of the organization? What percentage of the revenue is from membership? What percentage is from corporations? What percentage is from events? And then to create a target revenue pie for what the organization's balanced and healthy revenue allocation ought to look like. Then you do the math and you create targets in each revenue category. And you start to think about building 
the areas that need the most growth in order to create a balanced and sustainable revenue pie. How about marketing? Work with the executive director to field a messaging kitchen cabinet to offer strategic counsel on how to message our organization's work after November 2020. I would want to be on almost any one of those committees if those were the goals and I knew that they were and I knew that I was going to have to report out on them as the chair of the committee at regular intervals at board meetings. That sounds like interesting work, doesn't it? All right, I'm moving on. I'm going to lose count of the numbers. I know this about myself, so I'm just going to stop saying the numbers. An amazing, (laughs) and I'm not even sure they total 20. I got to be honest with you. An amazing board hires only board members who are passionate about your organization for all the right reasons. That's the key. I want you to think about every board prospect as if they have a little pilot light. It's a little Quaker-like, I think, but st- and so stay with me. You are in the vetting process looking at that pilot light, and that's, let's say, your organization works with uh, homeless. Their pilot light about issues facing homeless people should be on. You should be able to see it. It should be pretty bright. That's what I mean. The people you bring onto the board, their pilot light for your issue has to be bigger and brighter than the average bear. Now, when we talk about engagement of board members, I like to talk about the fact that it is your job as an executive director and a board chair to make sure that that pilot light remains bright, gets brighter and bigger over time. Don't get me started on board meetings. Oh, that might be one of these. I think that most board meetings seem to be in the business of actually putting out people's lights. Now, you might ask me, So can I bring on a board member who has no prior connection to my organization? And the answer is yes, you can, but you have to do it carefully. So I worked with an organization in the South Bronx, startup organization, just got their 501c3, um, and they were um, in need of strategic planning resources. And so they focused in on bringing somebody on who had strategic planning background. And so they went to... Um, McKinsey. And they started chatting with their affinity groups and identified an African-American affinity group, had a conversation with them. And it turns out that one of the associates at McKinsey, who was in the African-American affinity group, grew up in the South Bronx, had deep roots there. Didn't know about this organization, but was very interested. And so the organization spent time with this individual, and this individual began to fall in love with the work of this organization, and then joined the board and was responsible for the development of their strategic plan. We could tease out that example on a whole host of dimensions, but in this particular case, I just wanted to use it as an example to say that this gentleman did not know about the organization, but had roots in the South Bronx, had a particular skill set he could really add value to, and the organization did a really, really good job of courting him introducing him to the organization and watching him fall in love with it. All right, next, an amazing board always casts for leaders. Casts for leaders. I did this workshop not too long ago, and we um, talked about the attributes of the ideal executive director, flip chart them, 
And then somebody in the room said, hey, Joan, can you do the same thing for board leaders? What are the attributes of board leaders? I said, great, let's do that. So I pull out another piece of flip chart paper and some people start to, you know, sort of call out attributes. And then I said, hold on a second. And I go over to the ED attribute flip chart. And I said, could you take a look at this list? What do you think about this list? Well, it turned out, wouldn't you know it, it turned out that this group of people said, oh my goodness, the ideal attributes of an executive director are the same as the ideal attributes of a board leader. Go figure. This is why I talk about the notion that board leaders and staff leaders are leading the organization together in the metaphorical cockpit of your organization's twin engine jet. But you see, we don't cast for leaders. We might cast for skills, or we might be playing that game I mentioned earlier called butts and seats. Here's another story. A client of mine instituted term limits recently. Yay. It was a long time in the works. The board chair turned off, and there was consensus at the time they instituted the term limits that there was no one. I'm talking no one on the board of this organization who would be an effective chair. Not, I, I don't even think that there was anybody who would be but didn't want to be. There was consensus that there was no one on the board who could be the next board chair. And this is not a small organization. This is not a new organization. This is a large, well-respected organization. They had to recruit a board chair from outside the organization. This is not ideal. This is not ideal. And the fact that they had to do that is symptomatic of an illness that says we did not recruit for leaders. Got to do it. All right, here's the next one. An amazing board considers diversity a lens and not a category. A lens and not a category. You'll hear it often in recruitment meetings. <clears throat> we need more women. We need people of color. We call this box checking. You'll hear these as common refrains in board recruitment meetings all the time. I'm here to recruit for a, excuse me, I'm here to advocate for a different refrain. I want you to identify your skill and attribute gaps and then to spend a ton of time thinking creatively about how to diversify the ponds you fish in. Diversify the ponds you fit, fish in. The story I just told about that small organization in the South Bronx, they needed a strategic planning person. Where did they go? They went to a big strategic planning firm that has affinity groups. They contacted the African-American affinity group and they found an associate there who had deep roots in the South Bronx and they courted him. He fell in love with the organization. He joined the board. He built their plan. They didn't say, we need more African-American people on our board. They led with, we need a strategic planner. How do we diversify the ponds we fish in so that we could potentially bring a woman on or a person of color or an LGBT person? There's a big difference in that framing, like, like night and day different. So remember, an amazing board considers diversity a lens and not a category. Next. 
an amazing board builds strong committees because an amazing board knows that committees are the secret sauce for building a leadership pipeline. Committees are the secret sauce for building a leadership pipeline. This is an important one. I think people miss this. Organizations tend to undervalue the importance of committees. And what they miss is this. Structured well with goals and a level of accountability, committees are your leadership farm teams. So go back to my organization I mentioned a few minutes ago where there was no one and they had to go outside looking for a board chair. What could they have done? So let's say you have no sign of the next board chair in your pipeline currently. What if you recruit someone with a specific request to chair a specific committee? You're not handing them the keys to the whole car. You're handing them the opportunity to lead a specific committee. What I love about this is that the new board member has a job starting on day one. And you can test drive and groom. So an amazing board builds strong committees because an amazing board knows that committees are the secret sauce for building a leadership pipeline. Next, an amazing board works really hard to turn itself into a team. You want to understand just how critical this piece is? Endure an organizational crisis or watch a board in action during a leadership transition. My friend Rachel Gibson does leadership transition management uh, with a focus on founders. She works for a firm called uh, named Markham out of D.C., swell person. And in fact, I have a podcast, two-part podcast. We liked her so much, we had her, we had her do a second one on founder transitions. If you listen to that podcast or you talk to Rachel, she'll tell you that the single biggest key in ensuring success in a transition is that the board is in alignment. They see themselves as a body, not as a collection of individuals. They've had time to get to know one another. They have bonded. They are in it together. Sometimes I think organizations see this as a, quote, nice to have, end quote. You know, maybe they throw a mission moment at the top of the board meeting, or maybe they're even able to slip in a short, as long as you keep it short, icebreaker at the annual retreat, which please tell me you have one. This is not a nice to have. This is a must have for an amazing board. You need to dig deep with the people assembled around those tables, right? You've recruited them with intention, using a careful design. You've recruited with a lens of diversity. Let them get to know each other. Get them talking to each other about what matters to them unearth the values that they have in common, and it will be an investment that will pay dividends. When the going gets rough in an organization, when there's anxiety about money or leadership or transitions or crisis, you want a board that feels like a board, that feels like a team. So an amazing board works really hard to turn itself into a team. Next, 
An amazing board invests time in developing excellent orientation processes and executes them with clarity and enthusiasm. This goes back to a couple of points that I made about treating one of them about treating boards like they've been hired. Every person listening here knows what I know. Is there as a correlation between excellent orientation and onboarding and the ability of a new hire to hit the ground running? We don't do these well. Sometimes we just don't think there's enough time. This is another one of those things where investment of time pays dividends. An amazing board invests time in developing an excellent orientation process and executes it with clarity and enthusiasm. Let's stick on the enthusiasm piece for a moment. Remember I talked about the pilot light? You've recruited someone who has a bright, shiny pilot light about your organization's mission. The orientation may be the first time your new board member sets foot in the organization as a full-fledged board member. In corporate America, we, we called it a dog and pony show. But you've actually got to, from the moment that person walks in the door, ignite them, sell them, inspire them. So that light gets brighter from the moment they walk through the door. So a formal, clear, enthusiastic orientation process. All right, what's next? An amazing board respects the time and qualifications of every board member. So I was talking to a board recently who said, and a couple of them said, the ED really only connects with us when there's a, a, a money crisis. This particular executive director literally went to the chair of the development committee and said, okay, so we need about a quarter of a million dollars uh, between now and, say, June 1st. Really? Like it's an ATM? Do you think that the board members around that table have other things of value to add to that organization besides simply their ability to identify prospects or donors to raise a quarter of a million dollars between now and June 1st? I'm thinking they do. I mean, I've been on boards and I happen to be an enthusiastic and good fundraiser. But anyone who follows me or reads anything about me knows that I bring quite a lot of other things to the table besides my ability to enthusiastically ask people to um, make contributions to organizations I hold near and dear. And it would be a missed opportunity not to take advantage of some of those other things that I bring to the table. So that's what I mean, what respecting an amazing board respects the qualifications of every board member. Respects the time. Well, there's no better example I can give you in terms of respecting time than board meetings. I could do an entire podcast on the big fat missed opportunity that is the nonprofit board meeting. But what I will tell you simply is this. A board meeting is the biggest fat missed opportunity for most nonprofit organizations. Why? Because executive directors and board chairs see it as something that they have to just sort of get through. They don't see it for what it is. They don't What I need, what I think is important for people to really understand, I want you to get back to my pilot light metaphor for just a second. So my pilot light's on. 
and I come to a board meeting and somebody drones on. We get caught into a rabbit hole. We go down into the weeds. The meeting goes late. We didn't get to the most important thing on the agenda. I leave. I go home. My pilot light has gotten dimmer. You have to design board meetings that are enriching, informative, and engaging. You don't get that many bites with your board. You've got to make each one of them count. If you can enrich them, engage them, and enrich them, inform them, engage, plus enrich, plus inform, that's it. Engage, plus enrich, plus inform, you will ignite them. Ignite means my pilot light gets bigger and brighter. And I run out of that board meeting ready, willing, and able to invite people to know more and do more for my organization and because it feels like my organization too. An amazing board respects the time and qualifications of every board member. Next, an amazing board understands that board service is actually a leadership and professional development opportunity. We market board service poorly. Imagine if I was on your board and termed off after three years. Imagine if I said this at the, at the last board meeting I attended. Board service taught me so much. I learned so much about the root causes of X, whatever the issue is we face every day. I'm a better leader in my day job, a better listener. I have a more collaborative style with my team. I learned that it makes people feel good to write a check to causes they care about. I learned about the day-to-day work of nonprofit leaders, how, luck, how hard they work, and how lucky our society is to have them. Could you imagine? Well, if we'd like board members to say that when they leave, maybe we should market board service this way so that they can see what board service would bring to them. What if we marketed board service not as an imposition, but as an opportunity? Board service, professional development opportunity. Next, an amazing board has clarity about its role and is led by someone who creates a culture of peer accountability. As I mentioned, if we think about board members as if we are hi- they are hired, we will focus on getting their job descriptions right, and we will actually embrace feedback and accountability. Role clarity, leadership. Next one is important. An amazing board does not just follow. An amazing board leads with the executive director. So I ask people to think about a thriving nonprofit like a twin engine jet, with one engine being the board and one engine being the staff and the board chair and the executive director in the cockpit leading together. This is the visual that will lead you to think differently about how you lead. I just did a session with a board whose founder is retiring. In that uh, PowerPoint presentation deck, I included a picture from the book Make Way for Ducklings. You know, there's the mom duck at the top, and then there's just all those little adorable little ducks behind her. The board laughed right out loud when that picture went up because they knew exactly what I was saying to them, is that they were following, they were not leading, and that if they were going to manage through a transition and set a new person up to succeed, that they needed to be a different kind of board. They needed to be not a follower board, but a lead with board. 
requires to build new muscle, but build it they must. So an amazing board leads with the executive director. Next, a An amazing board understands its role as lead ambassadors who are charged with inviting more people to get involved with the organization. It's only one thing you have to remember about this is an amazing board drills into the heads of each board member that they are ambassadors. That's the expectation. And that's what success looks like, that you are hired to be an ambassador and your job is to spread the good word about your organization, to build an army of people who understand what you're doing, why it's important, and want to be on the field with you engaged as a staff member, a volunteer, a board member, or a donor. All right, next, an amazing board has a deep respect for the executive director and her staff and makes that respect known with words and deeds of appreciation. So I have this joke Executive directors think it's really funny that the uh, that the official insect of the nonprofit board is the cricket because they feel like they spend so much time sending information out to board members with no response. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that, and not all of that falls on the shoulder of the board, but it does always get a good laugh out of executive directors. Please make it a priority to return emails from the executive director and send along words of encouragement. I've had people send out emails saying, we just got a $100,000 grant we were not expecting. And in addition to a check for $100,000, she got crickets. An amazing board is responsive. An amazing board understands that these jobs are really, really hard. That acknowledging how hard they are means more than you know. And it also helps to build that partnership that is so critical. All right, next, an amazing board works to build a culture of uh, philanthropy and storytelling among its ranks. I have a little equation that says credible messenger plus compelling story equals a new stakeholder. Volunteer, staff, client, donor, board member. An amazing board is trained to be a team of storytellers. They're given material and they practice all the time. Because remember, if you're an ambassador, you need material. So storytelling. Next, an amazing board asks good, sometimes tough questions and serves as a strong thought partner to the executive director, supporting her to be her very best. We have micromanaging boards that get into, you know, that cross the line into staff functions. We have those. Then we have boards that are kind of afraid of their executive directors. I don't want to ask a tough question. You know, we don't, we don't want her to be upset. It's time for a conversation in the cockpit if that's what you've got going on. You've really got to create an environment of open, honest communication where your executive director feels safe talking about what's going down, what she needs, what's challenging her, and you have to be given permission to ask challenging questions. Have we thought about this? I read in the paper about blah, blah, blah. How are we thinking about this? Ask good questions. 
an amazing board does. An amazing board makes decisions with a mission and strategy front and center and not out of fear. This is how any organization in crisis digs a hole that's deeper and deeper and deeper. You have to do what's right for the mission and vision of the organization. You cannot act out of fear of retribution, fear of losing a donor, fear of bad press. Do what's right and you never go wrong. And next one, an amazing board honors the central role that mistakes make in striving for innovation and the development of top flight leaders. This is one is a corollary to the one above, as you've got to look at the mission and you can't act out of fear. Leaders who are very driven, another thing to think about here is that leaders who are very driven are not accustomed to making mistakes. And they need a little bit of a chiropractic adjustment. They need to be given permission to try, to pilot, and yes, to fail. An amazing board creates that space, offers that permission, and does not act out of fear and say, you know what, we, we really can't do that because, um, you know, the donors who are funding this work, if this doesn't go well, I, I don't know if they'll, if they'll renew. It's really all how you frame it, isn't it? That we're innovative. We try different things. We're piloting. Here's what we hope success will look like. Might not work, but we think it's worth a shot. An amazing board embraces risk-taking and innovation and mistakes. Here's the last one. Even on the hard days, an amazing board understands that service is a joy and a privilege. So I, I've, I've been in a lot of different boardrooms over my years as a consultant. And I've been an executive director. And I'm here to tell you, you know it when you see it, when you feel it. The boardroom has this vibe, this energy. There's laughter. You see thoughtful conversations between board members and staff during the break. That's the energy of an amazing board. One that feels joyful. One in which it's clear that the members get that what they're doing matters, like a lot. And that playing a leadership role in doing that work well, what an honor. Helping that organization to be able to serve more people, educate more people, stand up for those who need you. An amazing board gets that this work is an absolute privilege. Okay, there you have it. I'm going to summarize them and I'm going to count them. Let's see how many we actually did come up with, shall we? Number one, an amazing board knows what the ideal composition should be for its board and has designed itself with intention. Number two, an amazing board treats board members as if they have been hired. Number three, an amazing board hires only board members who are passionate about the organization and for the right reasons. Number four, an amazing board always casts for leaders. Number five, an amazing board considers diversity a lens and not a category. Number six, an amazing board builds strong committees because the board knows committees are the secret sauce for building a leadership pipeline. What number am I up to? 
I feel like Steve from Blue's Clues. Number seven, an amazing board works really hard to turn itself into a team. Number eight, an amazing board invests time in developing excellent orientation processes and executes them with clarity and enthusiasm. Number nine, an amazing board respects the time and qualifications of every board member. Number 10, an amazing board understands that board service is actually a leadership and professional development opportunity. Number 11, an amazing board has clarity about its role and is led by someone who creates a culture of peer accountability. Number 12, an amazing board does not just follow. An amazing board leads with the executive director. Number 13, an amazing board understands its role as lead ambassadors who are charged with inviting more and new people to get involved with the organization. Number 14, an amazing board has a deep respect for the executive director and her staff and makes that respect known with words of appreciation. Number 15, an amazing board works to build a culture of philanthropy and storytelling amongst its ranks. Number 16, an amazing board asks good, sometimes tough questions and serves as a strong thought partner to the executive director. Number 17, an amazing board makes decisions with a mission and strategy front and center and does not make decisions out of fear. Number 18, an amazing board honors the central role that mistakes play in striving for innovation and the development of top flight leaders. Number 19, <laughs> an amazing board, even on the hard days, knows that board service is a joy and a privilege. Okay, so that was only 19. But I think 19 counts twice. That's how I get to 20. There are no doubt places where your board falls short. Well, it always will, because board members are human, they're volunteers, but I do hope you found it helpful to hear that vision of the North Star, a vision to shoot for. And now I want to take that a step further and really help you to improve your board, not just show you what's currently wrong. So I've created an online tool you can use entirely for free to help you assess your own board and see where you need the most help right now. Now, if you're listening to this while you're like on the treadmill or even more so if you're driving in your car, you need to wait until you're done, <laughs> please. But once you can get online, head on over to joangary.com forward slash my board. And that's all one word. There you will find a short quiz that will help you assess exactly where your board is right now. And then I will send you a short series of emails from me with practical advice that will help you to transform your board. It's advice I know will really help. So again, go over to joangary.com forward slash my board. That's joangary.com forward slash my board to take the assessment. Once you've taken it, share it with your full board. You can share this podcast too. And have a conversation about it. Maybe pick a few of those items to focus on and make them board goals for the year. I do hope that this podcast leads your organization to be more thoughtful about how your board might become more effective, moving in the direction of amazing. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you found the conversation to be valuable. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you're feeling especially generous, leave us a review. Turns out that reviews really matter. They help people discover the podcast. Hm. 
And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really struck you as an aha moment, we'd love to know. Shoot us an email at podcast at joangary.com. And if you'd like to learn more about nonprofit leadership, head on over to my website at joangary.com. That's J-O-A-N-G-A-R-R-Y.com. It's full of advice and resources that you can put into action right away. And make sure to enter your email address so I can send you a surprise I think you'll find helpful. And if I haven't said it lately, thank you. Thank you so much for the important work you do every day to make this world a better place. I'll see you next time.